The NL East just got a little bit more difficult with some big signings coming down at the winter meetings on Monday. Justin Verlander replaces Jacob deGrom with the New York Mets. And Trey Turner comes back to the NL East. The Phillies signing him for 11 years. We'll talk about what that means for the shortstop market and obviously Dansby Swanson. We're also going to continue our Miners Monday. We're going to take a look at A.J. Smith-Shawver, a pitcher that I think has the, maybe the biggest upside among all Braves prospects and has a, some similarities to Justin Verlander, who we'll talk about on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new, subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. And make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're available and just about everywhere possible to download a podcast. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Continue to post episodes daily throughout the offseason. Hopefully a lot more news to come your way this offseason and through the rest of this week with the winter meetings. Thank you to Zachary Whitfield, who said that he just subscribed. Really appreciate the support there. And all of you who subscribe, we're up over 3,300 subscribers on YouTube now. So appreciate all the support got a lot to get into today. Not necessarily Braves news related, but obviously affects the Atlanta Braves with Justin Verlander signing with the New York Mets, Trey Turner signing with the Philadelphia Phillies. I think that's going to have a significant impact on the shortstop market. Does that potentially take Dansby Swanson even further out of Braves price range? We'll talk about that. Then we're going to spotlight AJ Smith Shawver, who I've done some video on, and I think maybe he has some similarities to Justin Verlander. Not ready to make that comparison yet, but we'll get into him and what he could potentially be. And is he the top prospect in the Braves system? Does he have the most upside in the Braves system? We'll discuss that in the final segment. Get to any questions, comments, or thoughts that you have. But let's jump into the big news of the day. Two really big news items involving the NL East. And the first one is Justin Verlander, who signed for two years in 86 million with the New York Mets as a $43.3 million average annual value, which is the exact same as what the Mets gave Max Scherzer. There's also a $35 million vesting option for 2025 for Justin Verlander. It's based on innings pitched in 2024. I couldn't find the exact innings pitch limit that he has to reach. I thought I heard somewhere, it may may have been over in Lockdown Mets, that's around 128 innings. Um, but either way, could potentially be a, a three-year deal. Mets will be spending over $86 million on Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander in 2023 and potentially 2024 as well. A lot of money. They obviously have the money to do so. Those guys are also... 38 and going to be 40 here pretty soon. 
That's a lot of money for guys who are pushing their late 30s and for Verlander into their 40s, but those guys have proven to be good when on the mound, even at such uh, an advanced age. I hate to say an advanced age because I'm getting close to where they are, but uh, that's a lot of money for those two guys for sure, but they had to. And we talked about this when DeGrom signed with Texas. You knew coming into the soft season, the Mets had to get one of the big three, whether Verlander, DeGrom, or Carlos Rodon. Uh, I think Verlander makes more sense for them. It's a short-term deal. Yes, it's a high AAV, but a shorter-term deal, which I think is what they preferred. So they get one of those guys to replace DeGrom. They still need to get one more for the middle of the rotation. They probably go get a Bassett or a Taiwan Walker, somebody of that level. And, you know, still, Verlander, DeGrom, they're trying to catch back up with where they were. Um, but the Mets had to do it. They had to go out and get a Verlander. It's the only thing out there, really, that maybe Carlos Rodon or uh, I don't even know really what trades, there aren't any, that could replace somebody at the level of Jacob deGrom. But Verlander certainly can do that, the reigning AL Cy Young winner. Um, Trey Turner signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. Not all that surprising. We've talked about it on here. I thought the Phillies were really interested in him, and I thought that's where Trey Turner would end up. But 11 years and $300 million, I did not see that coming at all. That is a huge deal. Now, you break it down for AAV, it's $27.3 million a year. You know, I thought he would get 30, maybe more than $30 million a year, but Phillies were willing to give the extra years in order to keep that AAV down a little bit. Uh, which just makes things a little bit easier for them year-to-year spending-wise, but still 11 years and $300 million for Trey Turner, who turns 30 in June. So you're paying a guy who I think may have to come off shortstop eventually, but you're paying him $300 million. You're going to play him at shortstop. I mean, you're, you're giving him that money. You're expecting him to be your everyday shortstop, and I don't know that he holds that position for, you know, even the next three or four years. I wouldn't be surprised if he moved off of it and 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 went to second base. But either way, that's what the Phillies have for the next 10 years. They have Trey Turner at shortstop for $27.3 million a year. I mean, he's, again, he's average defensively, and I'm not trying to throw water on Trey Turner. I would have loved to have him in a Braves uniform, but he's an average defender who I think again may have to come off of shortstop and then are you still going to pay you're going to have to pay him but you know you don't pay that much for somebody to play second base and I think that's where he ultimately could go could go but that's a starting shortstop premium shortstop price tag that they're paying but I think what's bigger for this in terms of the Braves is how it sets the market for shortstops you almost have to assume that Carlos Correa is going to get a $300 million deal now. I would, again, have to assume Bogarts may get close to $200 million and Dansby may get close to $150 million. Now, again, that's assuming that there are three other teams out there that are willing to spend stupid money like the Phillies have done and have done in the past. So, again, it all comes down to, to who's out there, but Dodgers are looking for a shortstop. The Red Sox, obviously, will like a shortstop. The Cubs looking for a shortstop. There's a lot of teams in there. The Padres were really interested in Trey Turner and apparently made a very strong offer for him. Do they pivot 
to one of the other shortstops or was Trey Turner just a special circumstance? So those are some pretty big markets out there that are still in need of shortstops. So I think that money could be there. And now Trey Turner has set the bar at $300 million in 11 years on top of that. I think Dansby gets you know half of that. I think he gets six years most, but does a team have to push to a, a seventh year? Do they have to go to $150, $160 million for Dansby Swanson? I, I feel pretty confident the Braves aren't going to do that. But, again, with what Trey Turner got on Monday, it's really set the bar for that shortstop market, which could just get absolutely crazy and just drive Dansby's price up even more. And again, I think the Braves are already not at what Dansby could be getting from other teams. So I think that's really interesting uh, from Monday is just what Trey Turner got and what that means for the rest of the shortstop market. All right, next we're going to uh, do our Miners Monday segment. We're going to take a look at A.J. Smith-Shalver, a guy who I think has a couple of similarities to Justin Verlander, not predicting a Hall of Fame career, but somebody who I do think might have the most upside in the Braves farm system. We're going to take a look at him next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love a sports podcast and you're listening to this one, so I know that you do, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix responsibly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Well, hopefully starting in 2023, we're going to see A.J. Smith-Shawver take a huge step forward in terms of prospect status. Uh, this is a right-handed pitcher the Braves took in the seventh round of the 2021 MLB draft out of high school in Texas. He was ranked as the 206th best prospect by MLB Pipeline. The Braves signed him for just under $1 million at $997.5,000, well above slot value, which was just over $201,000. So again, a big signing bonus. It was the third largest signing bonus the Braves handed out in that draft just behind their second round pick in Spencer Schwellenbach, who they gave $1 million to. So Essentially, they took A.J. Smith-Shawver in the seventh round and gave him second-round money. That's how much the Braves really liked A.J. Smith-Shawver and how much they thought of him and his prospect status. He didn't pitch much, much in high school, where he was also a, a three-star quarterback. I always love the multi-sport athletes. And again, he's, he was committed to Texas Tech. Some may have thought that he would even play quarterback at Texas Tech. So because he didn't pitch a lot in high school, really until his senior year, year, he's still a very, very raw pitching prospect, which is why he has so much upside because there's potential there that we haven't seen. We know he's still growing and learning the position and getting bigger and stronger. So that's why you can kind of dream on him a little bit. He's got that big six foot three frame. He already looks like a, a pretty well-built kid to me. He has a fastball that can get up into the upper 90s, can reach 98 miles per hour, but more so sits in the mid-90s, 94, 95 mile per hour range. Working on a slider, 
And the starts that I watched, he, he was really going fastball slider heavy, but scouting report says that he has a solid changeup as well. I didn't really see that as much in the starts that I watch. But again, these are minor league players. They're working on certain things, and I'm sure that changeup or that slider is a big pitch for him that he's trying to develop. You look at his stats in 2021 after being drafted, he threw just eight and a third innings, four hits, 10 walks, big problem there, eight home runs or eight earned runs, two home runs, but 16 strikeouts shows you the strikeout potential. Really kind of similar this year in single A Augusta, 68 and two thirds innings, just 54 hits allowed, but 39 walks and 39 earned runs, only four home runs. Uh, which is was pretty good considering he gave up two home runs in eight and a third innings the year before. But again, 103 strikeouts in 68 and two-thirds innings, just a 215 batting average against a 135 whip, even with all those walks, about a 5-1-1 ERA. So again, you kind of have to go inside the numbers a little bit to see where A.J. smith Shavers really excelled and where you can see the potential with him. A 5.1 walk per nine, not great, but a 13.5 K per nine. That is really great. And that's where you see the upside of A.J. smith Shaver and how he can be dominant when he's on and when he has control and command of his pitches. But when he doesn't, he gets in trouble. He's walking batters. He's hitting batters. Uh, that's when you know you can see that, that ERA go up. Uh, just my quick scouting report going back watching couple of outings of A.J. smith Shaver. Uh, I love the build that he has. And I don't want to get, you know, too weird talking about it. But when you look at a pitcher and you're looking at a frame to build a pitcher, I think that's exactly what A.J. smith Shaver has. And again, still a young kid, just 20 years old. He's going to continue to grow into that. And I think get even stronger that you're going to see that velocity tick up a little bit. So, just right off the bat, when you, your eyes just first visually see A.J. smith Shaver, you, you he looks like a big, big-time pitching prospect and somebody that could be a top-of-the-rotation pitcher. Works quick as well. Um, kind of gets the ball and goes. I, I love that, but sometimes I think maybe he worked a little bit too quick, especially when his command was eluding him. Would have loved to have seen him slow things down a little bit and focus you know, more on his release point and try to get that back. But I you know, do like the fact that he kind of works quick. There was times where that was definitely to his benefit. One of the starts I watched, I think he had three or four strikeouts on three pitches because he was just getting up there, pounding the strike zone, working quick, and getting some quick strikeouts. Struggles with the slider command. And I said, you know, that's the pitch he's really working on. Sometimes he really have it, had it and could snap off a good one. Other times I saw him throw back-to-back wild pitches to the backstop trying to throw the slider uh, and he hit a batter on an O2 count as well. Really where I saw him struggle with the slider command was more so against lefties. He commanded it really well against righties that had some horizontal break run away from righties and he got some really good swings and misses throwing that pitch to righties but really struggled with it against lefties which the changeup is more of what he's going to throw against lefties. Again, I think just in the starts I was watching I think he was perhaps just working on that slider, um, but definitely struggled to throw it more to left-handed hitters than he did righties, and that's a pitch that you know is still developing and coming along. I wish I could have picked a start where he threw that change up a little bit more to lefties to see what kind of action that's getting, um, but that is you know more than likely going to be the pitch he goes to 
against lefties instead of that slider. Fastball is good. I didn't necessarily deem it overpowering, but he got a lot of swings and misses up in the zone with it, which gives you the idea that perhaps it has some life on it. I know it has a little bit of arm side run going into right-handed hitters. And again, that's typically, you know, I saw some strikeouts on that as well against righties that were perhaps looking for that slider breaking away and that fastball just kind of blew up on them inside. So I think that's obviously a very good combination for him as it is for a lot of really good pitchers. I think that fastball gets even better, like I said, with that frame that he has and the fact that he's so young and that six foot three frame, if he can in his lower half, uh, again, it's not quite quadzilla, but it just looks like he has a very strong lower half. If he can continue to build upon that, we see that velocity tick up to where he's sitting more, you know, 96, 97, even I think is a possibility. I think that's when we could perhaps see him go to that next level that a lot of people think he can get to. Now, typically I give projections when breaking down these minor league players on minors Monday, but we really have no idea what to project with A.J. smith Shalver right now. I think he could. I think he's one of those pitchers, kind of like what I said with, with Spencer Strider last offseason. I think he has the ability to either become a really good top-of-the-rotation pitcher. If he figures it all out, he gets the command. He works on those secondary pitches. I think he has everything that he needs to become a top-of-the-rotation arm. If he doesn't, I feel very confident that he goes to the bullpen and becomes a very solid back-end reliever. Now, that's obviously not what we're shooting for. That's not what the Braves want with the money that they gave him and the investment that they made in him. And we're years away from that even being in consideration. But that's you know that's where I see him right now. But there's still just so much time and so much more that he has to learn. I mean, he's through 68 and two-thirds innings last year. He is still working on getting stretched out to start for a full season to go deep into games he got shut down uh this year early with an injury uh and didn't really get to finish it so we still just need to see him you know continue to develop you know maybe spend all of next year even at at rome uh, and continue to develop and stretch that arm out continue to work on his secondary pitches this is not somebody i think the braves are going to rush along because i think the upside is there that you want to get it right and you want to give him the opportunity to work on those things and make those adjustments and continue to get the practice that he needs. Because if he gets it right, then I think the Braves are looking at a real, real win here. Again, somebody that I think could be a top of the rotation pitcher. I think he has that much potential, but he is still raw and there's still, you know, so much left for him to get done and to develop. But I think that's ultimately where he could be. And it's why he's one of my most, favorite and, and prospects that I'm excited about the most in the Brave system. And I mentioned Justin Verlander, and I tweeted this out on my Twitter account. If you want to go check it out, I did some side-by-side images with A.J. smith Shaver and Justin Verlander. I don't know if it's because Verlander was just on my mind, but when I started watching A.J. smith Shaver, the first name that came to my mind was Justin Verlander. Their, their wind-ups look a little bit similar to me. They both do like a, a quick step back and then just kind of get into their delivery there are some differences. One thing I noticed is A.J. smith Shaver stepping more towards the third base bag, whereas Justin Verlander's right in line with home plate. I'm no pitching coach. I'm no scouting expert, but I would think if you could adjust that to have A.J. smith Shaver go more directly to home plate with his pitches, perhaps that helps with some of the inconsistencies and in his command issues. But 
you just look at the builds and Justin Verlander's bigger even at six foot five, but you know, AJ Smith Shaver at six three, he continues to build out that frame, gets to 220, 225, which is around where Justin Verlander is. I think they have some similar frames. I think they have a similar delivery. I'm not saying they'll have similar careers, but that was just a name that came to my mind. But again, it could have could just be because I was thinking about him today when he signed with the Mets. But I am very high on AJ Smith Shaver. Again, I, I would probably when I do my prospect rankings, I'll he'll probably be in my top three Braves prospects based on upside because that's how much potential I think he has. All right, next, a couple more news items. Max Freed with a big award announced on Monday. We'll also get to some of your comments in the chat section as well, and we'll do that here next. Not necessarily a lot of Braves news and rumors on Monday. They did announce the all-MLB teams. Max Freed was the only Braves player that made it on either of the teams, becoming a second-team starting pitcher on the all-MLB team. Again, that's the entire MLB in both leagues, so uh, not just the National League, not just the American League. It combines all leagues, and so Bray, or Max Fried made it on the second team, so a big award for him, and it's pretty awesome to see. Um, I think the Braves had a lot of really good players in 2022, certainly. You know, Austin Riley. Up there, you know, Michael Harris, what he did, Spencer Strider, Max Freed, um, Acuna, obviously, you know, not being up to his level. The Braves didn't necessarily have that huge guy, that MVP type player. I think Riley was that until he kind of fell off. You know, Matt Olson obviously had a, a very good year. Braves had a lot of players that had really good years, but none of them to that all MLP level except for Max Freed. Um, but that was really all of the news from. Uh, Monday, obviously some big signings with Justin Verlander and Trey Turner. Uh, free agent reliever Carlos Estevez signed a two-year deal with the Angels. So Angels continue to make some moves, try to improve that team and get to the playoffs with Mike Trout. A um, couple of uh, comments here. Uh, Zachary Whitfield says, it just me or the Mets getting older guys? The Mets in the way and just listening to locked on Mets and I, you know, I advise you to go give them a listen. You're just curious to see kind of what their thoughts are, what's going on over there. You know, they're in a contention. They want to win a world series right now at all costs. And I think they're trying not to get locked into long-term deals and they're trying not to give away a lot of prospects so they can build this thing out for the long haul. But in the immediate, they want to win a world series championship. There's no doubt about that and so they're signing these big free agents and yeah i mean they are getting older every team is i guess every year but they do have some prospects coming up francisco alvarez uh brett Beatty. Um, i think they have a pitcher as well that's eluding me right now but they do have some young guys who are coming up but when you got the money to go out and get these free agents uh they're certainly going to do that uh, Mass Boost says it puts Dansby more in the Braves market as Turner was slated for 31 million for nine years by Fangraphs. 27.2 million per is almost five mil less. Um, I'm not sure if Mass is saying that Dansby's going to get 27 million, um, but I don't think I would not pay that for Dansby Swanson, in my opinion. Um, Dansby was slated for 24 million for six years by Fangraphs. That's what Mass Boost said later on. Uh, yeah, that's what he's projected at, and I think if he gets that, I think he's no longer a Brave. 
but it would not surprise me if that's what what Dansby gets for sure. And I think that's a pretty, you know, fair range uh, again with where the market is right now, which is just crazy. Um, Hines says uh, Shawvers is going to be legit. I certainly think so. I'm very high on him. Uh, Adam Wallace says I like him. He's promising. Um, Hines says let's sign um dnas and trade for austin hayes and get one more bullpen arm uh okay he said let's let's sign dansby trade for austin hayes and get one more bullpen arm like that's my ideal off season and dnas e- equals dansby there um or here goes the actual one from Hines. so I've, I've seen a couple of comments like this today look this is i this would be ideal off season for me uh, i had somebody tweeted me earlier saying go sign dansby trade for Brian Reynolds, get a reliever. That would be the, I think, perfect offseason for the Braves if they could do that. I don't think that they will. We talked about Brian Reynolds yesterday. I think the Braves could put a package together, a solid package that could get him, but I think other teams could swoop in and beat that package rather easily. But I would love to see the Braves sign Dansby, maybe trade for a left fielder, you know, Austin Hayes, whoever uh, is out there. And then, you know, get a reliever. And I'm really good with where this team is. Is that necessary? I don't necessarily, I don't think so. I think this Braves team's already really good. And this is something I meant to m- mention in the first segment because I, I see fans out there saying that the Braves aren't reacting to what the Phillies and Mets are doing. The Mets and Phillies are trying to catch up with the Braves. The Mets lost a lot. Again, getting Verlander is just to replace Jacob deGrom. They still have to replace. Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, and Brandon Nimmo. They're trying to make moves just to get back to where they were. You know, the Phillies, they're they're going to be without Bryce Harper for half the season next year. Trey Turner certainly helps in that regard, and they needed a shortstop. That is a, a significant upgrade for them. But you look at the regular season, the Braves were far superior than the Phillies. So on paper, you know, even before today and even after today, the Braves are still pretty decent favorite in the NL East, the Mets and Phillies are trying to catch up to where the Braves are on paper. Uh, so keep that in mind. The Braves roster is already pretty set, but my ideal offseason, as Hines said, will be to sign Dansby, make an upgrade in left field for an everyday player, go get another bullpen arm to just solidify the pin. And I think that would be the perfect offseason for the Braves. Um, Gary Gibson basically said what I just talked about. If we get Dansby and Reynolds, I think that would have done very good this winter with very little left to do. I agree. Um, Adam Wallace talking about AJ Smith Shaver said he just turned 20. I love the high upside high school pitchers so much potential. It is. And part of it is just because, and even especially with AJ Smith Shaver, he didn't pitch a lot in high school. So we don't know exactly what the full potential of this kid is. But like I said, everything looks to be there for this guy to become something special. And that's why there is so much excitement around him. He could very well, you know, flop out uh, and be a bust. And that's certainly a risk, but the potential is there for him to be something special. Uh, AJ Evans says the Dodgers are legit going to give Dansby a gold plated yacht. Um, I've kind of been thinking about this here a little bit lately as well. We know I wonder what conversations Dansby is having with Freddie Freeman. I got to think they're talking. Dansby's getting married soon. I got to think Freddie Freeman's at that wedding. 
I would love, love to hear the conversations between Dansby Swanson and Freddie Freeman. It's Freddie Freeman over there saying, hey, don't do what I did. If you want to be an Atlanta Brave, take that discount, sign the deal. Don't try to bluff Alex Anthopoulos. You know, do what your heart tells you to do. Or is he trying to recruit him and say, hey, you know, come join me in L.A. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll compete for a World Series every year. You'll be a starting shortstop on one of the biggest markets in all of baseball. So I'm very curious to see what those conversations are like between Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson, who are obviously very good friends. We're very good teammates in Atlanta. Would love to hear what they're talking about. Um, Zachary Whitfield says, I think we will have to let the Swanson stuff play out. My question is, what is going on with Mike Soroka? We haven't seen him in two years. Um, ah, look, we talked about Soroka a little bit this offseason. I don't know what to expect, and I don't think anybody does, but certainly deserving of a chance. And if anybody's going to come back from it, I think it's Mike Soroka. I can't wait to see him in spring training just getting back and making that full return. Even if he's not, you know, a, a sub three ERA pitcher like he was before, if he can just get back and be a middle of the rotation arm, that's really all the Braves need. I would love to see him get back to that, you know, Cy Young type of player that he was, obviously. But more than anything, I just want to see Mike Soroka stay healthy, get back, have a chance to pitch at the big league level. And hopefully we get to see that in 2023. But just to give you an update on where he is, where he was, he was rehabbing with Gwinnett and got injured, had some fatigue, which is understandable. As you said, he hasn't pitched in two years, and so they kind of shut him down. Uh, but he goes into the offseason, you know, working out, getting healthy, getting ready for the start of 2023, a regular, somewhat normal offseason, hopefully leads to a regular, somewhat normal 2023 for Mike Soroka. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Again, it should be a busy week. Hopefully, we get some more news and rumors for the Braves on Tuesday. And I'm just going to check Twitter one more time, as you have to do this time of year when recording podcasts. But uh, hopefully, we do get some more Braves news and rumors out there uh, on Tuesday as things are really picking up. I mean, two big signings on Monday for sure with Turner and Verlander. But again, that will do it for this episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Follow me at Shortstop Ball. Go ahead and make your second listen of the day, Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Make sure you subscribe to that podcast. Subscribe to Lockdown Braves podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 